you know, rejection is redirection and you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. Don't focus too much on rankings, but focus on how you feel like when you get there. Welcome to Feelings State of Mind. Today we have a super special guest. I'm so excited for you all to hear her and just get to know her a little bit more. Her name's Jolene or Ja. She is a career confidence, motivational speaker, content creator, and coach based in New York. She's a friend that helps you develop the confidence to take up space in life and career. We're friends from college and (laughs) I just, it's been so amazing watching you thrive and go through your journey post-grad because I know we like both studied biology together and had immigrant parents and just had we're trying to like follow this ideal in quotes like version of what we're supposed to do and just watching you through your journey has been so inspiring so we're gonna get into it but I'm excited for us to get into it and for people to like hear about that too because I know they'll also be very inspired oh my god that's so sweet but yes like you're (laughs) right on the money I think that the post-grad journey has definitely been something that people can't really prepare you for and I think that paving your own way and making your own decisions is a big pivotal part of that whole journey so I'm excited to get into it today Yes. Love. Okay. Amazing. So we have a weekly segment. I start off with three things that we're grateful for just because you can't feel grateful and scared or sad, all the other things like at the same time. So I love starting my day and just like things with gratitude. So we can Mm -hmm. switch off. What's something that you're grateful for? Yeah, I think right now I'm really grateful for my family, just having a really strong support system, like my family and really close friends. Oh, love. I feel I was talking about this with a student yesterday, like relationships are everything. So like having a good support system, it doesn't even have to be family, but having a great support system around you is literally everything. So I love that. Yeah, I am grateful to be here interviewing you. (laughs) I feel like it's, it's, I love watching my friends thrive, but also like I love being able to feel connected to people like who are in the same boat as me and like also them thriving because it just makes it's sometimes like when you see people on social media or whatever, it's like so easy to be like, well, they had it so different, like their childhood was different or whatever, but like seeing people in the same boat and just still feeling connected with them is super exciting. So thank you. And I, I totally resonate with that too. Like, and just like seeing you, what you've been able to accomplish as well. It's like just having a similar background, that representation is important. Oh, love. Awesome. Okay. What's your second thing? I'm super grateful right now. I'm really grateful for good music. Uh, yeah, like I think that just having really good music to work alongside is just it just makes my day. Yes. And it helps you like get in the flow. Yeah, it's uh, and like in the morning, I love putting on like a good playlist that gets me like excited for the day. Um, yeah. Just like it yeah. makes everything better. <laughs> yeah, it makes everything better. Like, especially when I'm going on my walks, like I try to walk for a certain amount of time, maybe like an hour every day. And then I'm just like listening to music. I'm in my own world. Oh, it's yes. the best. You're like in a movie. It makes you feel like you're in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the soundtrack to my life. Let me strut on my hot girl walk. I love yeah. it. I love it. 
cool. Okay, so my second one is podcasting. I feel like it's such a good outlet to be able to share what I'm like passionate about and like also be connected with people who are passionate about the same things and like to be able to dive deep into that. It's yeah, it's fun. I like it. Yeah. Yay. What's your third? <laughs> my third, I would say I'm super grateful for my community and my clients and people sort of trusting me to help them with their journey. I think, yeah, it does something I'm definitely grateful right now, especially after this big transition happened for me. I just had so many people from my community reach out with like opportunities and it's just been so great. And like people entrusting me to be a part of their journey too. Oh, I love it. So yeah, we'll get into that, but yeah. <laughs> You were just laid off. Well, like <laughs> kind of recently, but it's all part of the journey. We're going to go through it. And I just like yeah. love your mindset around it. And I think that is going to be something really awesome to talk about because I know a lot of people are going through it or know somebody who's right. going through that as well. So yeah, it was so weird. Like, well, when I saw you when post your TikTok on that, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like obviously like, you know, it's stings and it sucks but I'm like this is you're like the perfect person to like go through it because you're <laughs> you'll like be an example for people you know to like have mm-hmm. hope anyway oh, that's sweet that's so yeah. nice <laughs> I wasn't like oh my god I love this for you but I was like this is good because I know you're gonna be fine <laughs> yeah. no that's exactly how I took it we'll dive into it but that's yeah exactly yeah yeah how I took it too Okay, cool. Last thing that I'm grateful for is just embracing my solitude more, especially being in the city. Like I think at the beginning, I'm like this, I feel lonely, but like now it's an opportunity to be really excited and plan my days and be like, hey, well, what am I going to do today? Like what's really exciting for me to do today? And it's nice to not have to like think about like what other people like want to do as well. Like what do I want to do? It's like, it feels like a form of self-love for me. So Oh yeah. I definitely see that as a form of self-love and honoring yourself because then you can live every day to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel like, especially with you moving to New York and a big transition, I'm sure you had to deal with that as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I had to almost go through that a couple of times when it came to first moving to New York, because I didn't have any friends here. I just had some family. And then also, again, when I moved into my own apartment, you get more and more agency and control over your own life. And your decision-making is more important than it ever has been for your own internal well-being. So yeah, I definitely went through that a couple of times and specifically asking the questions like what would make today successful or like, how would I feel the best today? Like, what would I have to do has been a game changer for me. That's such a good question. Love. Okay, cool. (laughs) What is, how are you feeling? Like right this instant? I'm like a good, I feel like a good, like 10 out of 10. I feel really good right now. Like I'm excited to be talking to you on the podcast. I have some fun things coming up and, you know, I've just been surrounded by really good community. So I really can't complain. I feel really great. Oh my gosh, amazing. I literally wrote excited too. Like one to yeah. DJ with you. And like today's my day off. And I have so many exciting things that I want to do today. So like, yay. I'm glad we're both feeling excited. Yes. What, what's something that you're into right now? Um, oh, I ice skate. Um, Ooh, like roller skate or ice skate? Oh, wait, you said ice, ice skate. skate. Okay. Yeah. So cool. that's something I'm definitely into. So I used to skate competitively when I was younger. And so 
this year in an effort to create more of a community here in New York, I decided to take classes. So I got some skates for Christmas and then I take classes every Monday in the city. And I have like a little group of friends that we ice skate together and we oh learn tricks. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. I feel like it's so fun to dabble in like even like your old hobbies or like just things that even new hobbies, but having that outlet outside of work and just all of that is so important and it just makes life fun. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Cause I was, what you're saying about having hobbies outside of work. I was thinking like, do I have any non-competitive activities? Do I have any activities that just don't have any stakes tied to that? I can Mm -hmm. just really enjoy and have fun. And I think that it's another way to honor your inner child and to really just enjoy play and fun and joy. So that was a huge motivation behind it. A hundred percent. Yeah. It feels nice to have something where it's like no pressure. Like you can just literally focus on play yeah yeah because yeah, I feel like growing up we lose sight of that we like yeah put pressure on everything and like everything has to be like for work or like whatever <laughs> to, like make money but it's like no we can still like live life and enjoy it so yeah yeah that's how I feel about dabbling and just like making content and like mm-hmm. I feel like I used to be so scared of like okay it needs to like hit numbers or whatever like it needs to look good because people are gonna judge me but like I've really just started to embrace the play aspect of it and like yeah. just being creative so I I like doing that that's like what I'm into right now Yeah. And I love that because, you know, the creative aspect of it is what's going to keep you going long-term. If you focus too number, focus too much on the numbers are going to get burnt out really quickly. Yeah. You can't really control. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. So yay. Okay. All right, let's just get right into it. So we're going to get into your story, but I want to start from the beginning. So what was your childhood like? Like, where were you born? Give us a little, just, it doesn't have to be long, but like a little snippet of what your childhood growing up was like. Yeah. So growing up, so I was actually born here in New York. I was born and I grew up in California. My parents, they had a job that my dad's job uh, moved him out to California right when I was one. So I grew up in California in Thousand Oaks and was there and in Southern California all throughout like college before I ended up moving. But my childhood, we were very like involved children like academically and also with like extracurricular. So I was a figure skater. I did soccer. I ran track for eight years. I was cheerleader. So, and I also did a lot of acting and performing and that's where I really I think that's where the whole career journey sort of started (laughs) being honest, because I found a love of in performing when I was very young. So I would do a lot of plays with the church. I was in acting classes and I did that in high school as well. But, you know, I do have immigrant parents. So there was a huge emphasis on academic advancement and just performing well academically. So lots of times studying, getting good grades, getting good SAT scores, things like that. Wow. Okay. So you were like super busy. Um, yeah. How many siblings did you have? I have three siblings. Okay. Okay. Yeah, two older and one younger. Okay. Nice. So you're kind of like a middle child. Did you like being that busy? Like as a kid, like having things to do all the time? Um. You know, I can't, I can't truly remember, but like, I do remember having 
a lot of fun when I was performing and, and on stage and with my friends and being outside. It was very busy, but I just remember having fun doing those extracurriculars. Aw, love. Okay, that makes a lot more sense, especially with the speaking, because I'm like, is is that <laughs> nerve-wracking? Like, how are you doing that? But okay, love. Okay, so then you had immigrant parents, you grew up doing all these extracurriculars, school was super important. And so it's time to go to college. Were you like, I want to maybe perform too, but your parents were like, you need to study biology or like, how did that come about? Yeah. So it was very much so like you have to be a STEM major, you know, all immigrant parents, like science, technology, like you have yeah. to be. So like you can do whatever you want, but it needs to be STEM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was, it was like that. So I did, I was a biology major and I really wanted to study other things as well. So I got a black studies minor. I actually figured out that I didn't want to be a doctor anymore, probably sometime in my junior year. And, but it's like, I was pretty deep into it. And so I thought to myself, um, you know, how can I make my education more like fun? Like, what do I truly want to learn? And I wanted to learn black studies. So I actually finished that minor in like a year and a half. I just took a ton of courses, but it was so much fun. I loved studying it. And then in terms of, you know, my parents being like, or like the extracurriculars I was involved in my freshman year at the end of it, I realized I was just hanging out with my friends all the time. And I'm like, this is so much fun, but I need to have other things that fill my soul. So I tried out for the cheerleading team at UCSB and I got in, which was a lot of fun. And I also signed up for being a tour guide and I also got it. Actually, it's funny because I didn't get it right off bat. I wasn't accepted into the first batch of folks who were allowed to be tour guides because it's one of the most competitive things that you can try to do on campus. They only had a 5% acceptance rate and like hundreds of applications. And I remember when I got that rejection, I went ahead and I emailed the campus tour coordinator and I said, hey, what can we have like a meeting? What went wrong? Why didn't I get this? Because after it, I thought I nailed the interview and everything, honestly. (laughs) Like I was like, no, I killed this. Why didn't I get it? And I really, really wanted to be a tour guide. I don't know. I I think that's an indication. It's foreshadowing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but then we have a, we have a meeting and he says, he gives me some feedback and I say, well, thanks so much. I'm going to apply this and you'll see me next year. And then randomly three more spots ended up opening up and I ended up getting it. And it was so, it was so fun being a tour guide. I remember I gave over a hundred tours while I was on campus and I got into the Gaucho Tour Guide Hall of Fame. Okay. If you give over a hundred tours, you you're able to do that. And it was just one of the most fun experiences not to get too off track, but I'm actually going to go back and speak to that group next week, which I'm really excited. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Ah, Okay. Love that for you. (laughs) Love what's okay. What was the thing that you would tell people at the end of the tour, like all of your tours? Yeah, I would tell them all about how I got. So basically, when I was applying for colleges, I really, really wanted to go to Stanford. That was my number one school. I was thinking about it for years when high school, but I didn't get in. 
I got into UC Santa Barbara, I got into USC, I got into some other schools with a scholarship and I got into like NYU. But when I was considering distance and also money and scholarships that were going to be given, UCSB was the best option. I didn't, I've never visited the school at that point. All I knew is that my brother went there and loved it. So I was like, all right, bet. Let me just go and see where I'll transfer (laughs) after two years. And then first week there, I met all my best friends. And then within a year, I was able to join like, you know, GTA and also the cheerleading team. And I really found my home there within the first year. It was really the best year of my life. Well, it's now rivaled what happened recently, but up till then it was the best year of my life. And at the end of every tour, I would tell the people who came to my group that, you know, rejection is redirection and you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. Don't focus too much on rankings, but focus on how you feel like when you get there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And your story of, you know, becoming a tour guide too, because one, yes, like rejection is redirection. Like if it's not working out, like it's not working out for a reason. And Mm -hmm. you were meant to be at UCSB to meet all the people that you did and like have the experiences that you did. And then I also love that, like, even if you get rejected, if that's something that you truly want, aka being a tour guide, like that doesn't mean it's a no forever. Like you putting effort into like getting feedback showed them that it was something that you really wanted and you were capable of doing it and they saw that. And so you ended up getting it. And so I I love both of those paths of rejection is not like the end. Yeah, it's totally not the end. It's just, you know, it's this or something better. It's truly that or something better. And it will come. You just gotta, I think through those experiences, I've really learned how to be my own biggest advocate. And there's no harm in just asking in in those cases of of getting rejected. There's no harm in just asking and putting yourself out there and and trying a little bit better. Yeah. I even love like you asking for feedback because like, let's say like it didn't work out or whatever, like they told you like what you could work on or whatever. And then like you can use it for something else. It just reminds me of like job interviews right now. Like, okay, like it didn't work out. Like why not? Or mm-hmm. and then like you can get better from it regardless of the situation. So yeah. I yeah. Um, oh no. Did you have something to say? Yeah, I was just going to say that any which way rejection's not easy, but yeah. specifically for the folks who are interviewing right now for jobs, it's it can be tiring and difficult, but that feedback can go a long way and it can even lead to an intro to someone else. And you always want to cultivate those relationships because down the line, you never know where they will lead. A hundred percent. I also had a friend that said at the end of his interviews, he asks them like, is there anything you're hesitant about for my candidacy? Mm-hmm. And so that's one, like you're getting feedback. And then two, that's also a way to like talk about how maybe like they shouldn't be hesitant for you, like about mm-hmm. that or whatever, mm-hmm. and just like be able to uh, advocate for yourself. So yeah, yeah, so many ways. Okay. So you studied biology, same situation with me. I realized I didn't want to do that path junior year. And I'm like, but I'm really deep. <laughs> um, did you start your minor that year or did you start it earlier in your earlier college career, your black studies minor? Yeah. So I think I had taken some classes that would apply to the minor, but I really started going into it my junior year. So I think that I I finished almost all, I was taking a black studies course every quarter up until I graduated. Okay. Um, But I think that there are some courses that overlapped that I took my freshman year or something. Okay. 
Yeah. So did you um, graduate with bio? Yeah. So I was a bio major and then black studies minor. Got it. Okay. And then you tore your ACL right <laughs> yeah. before college or right before graduation. Yeah, I did. How did you do that? Oh my gosh. I was just with friends and it was just like a freak accident. Okay. It wasn't like a sport. It wasn't like cheer or. No. Well, actually I tore my ACL twice in college, which oh. is awful. Oh my God. <laughs> So the first one, um, was at cheer practice Okay, and I was practicing my tumbling and tumbled the wrong way and tore my ACL. And then, so that was my junior year. Yeah, that was my junior year. And then my second one was just out with friends, freak accident, running, walking weird kind of thing. And yeah. Got it. And then it caused you to leave school early to go to Alabama, which is where your parents moved at the time, right? Yeah. So for my first one, I had to leave school to get my surgery. So I did, I was gone from school for about a week and then I flew back to school a little bit after okay. I just recouped for school just because I, I don't know, there are just so many things to be on campus for. Looking back, I wish I'd just like taken the rest of the quarter off, but cause that's just a really big injury, but yeah. there are just like classes I had to go to and I wanted to finish on time. So I did fly home for a little bit for the first one, for the second one. I just waited until I had graduated to get the surgery. And when you have a torn ACL, like you can still walk on it after like a week, I think Mm -hmm. a week or two weeks. I was just on crutches for a little bit of time. And then I was able to walk fine with the brace. So I just waited until I had graduated school to move back in with my parents who had moved to Alabama my sophomore year of college. And what's funny is that right before I tore my ACL, I'd made plans with my friends to stay in California to like live out our post-grad years in LA and then 30 minutes later I tore my ACL and God oh was my God. so fast okay so yeah it's a big surgery it's like a big injury and so that's mm-hmm. why like the second time you decided like I need to just go home be able to like take care of myself like it would be a lot to like still live my life with this injury yeah because when you have I I'm almost in some ways thankful for the first one to have prepped me for what the second one was going to be like. Hmm. I know it's weird to say that I'm sort of thankful for an injury, but at least I knew what I was going through the second time. Yeah. But it takes a huge mental toll on you just having any sort of surgery or just not being at your 100%, relearning how to walk again, um, going to physical therapy for almost a year. So I knew what it would entail. And I knew that I wanted to be around a stronger support system that I had with my family and get taken care of in the way that my parents could have taken care of me. Got it. Okay. That makes so much more sense. Like, yeah, in college, especially it's like your first time living by yourself. Like the first time you're sick, you're like, I have to cook my own food. Like this is a lot. So that makes sense of wanting to be around like a supportive um, support system Mm -hmm. as you're going through something so big. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on TikTok, you give like a very quick journey after your post-grad starting with like getting your ACL torn. Can you give the listeners that really quick? And then we'll dive, we'll dive into it. Cause this is like the root of your, your embracing your journey and like being on a roller coaster, but like it being yeah. good. 
<laughs> yeah. So when, after I tore my ACL and I was at home and I recoup, I had actually, I had an internship in California that moved me over to Alabama because it was with the national company. So I was working with this company and I was able to move up the ranks really fast, but I quickly learned that my, where I saw myself going wasn't in alignment with where this company could, what they could provide for me. So I ended up leaving. It was at the peak of the pandemic, but I knew I could find more for myself. And so I I was searching for a job and obviously it was very, very competitive after months and months and months of searching. I was on TikTok a lot during that time. And all these TikTok gurus were telling us about how you need to optimize your LinkedIn profile to have recruiters reaching out to you and all of that. So I didn't think it was going to work, but I found this course that would get, would allow me to optimize my LinkedIn profile for just $20. I bite the bullet and three weeks later, I landed the job I most recently had and it allowed me to work remotely and move to New York and then, you know, start continue creating and, and everything around that. Oh, love. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> and so then during the pandemic, when you were unemployed, so in between that job and before you get the LinkedIn course, which first of all, I just want to say like, well, two things. TikTok is so awesome because it's not just like a fun place to be on social media, but like you can learn so much, which is really cool. Like I feel like there's such good tips and like education on there. Like do not sleep on TikTok for anything, literally anything. And then two, purchasing a course, I think is such a good way to invest in yourself, especially like after college when we're not like just taking education, like with whatever you want to learn, like life in general is such a, it's like a school and continuing to learn and invest in like what you're passionate about or like what you want to do can be so helpful. Like with you, you were stuck for so long trying to get a job, but that really helped helped. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anyways, I just want to say that, but then, so during that time you started creating content and like you mm-hmm. started your blog, right? Mm-hmm. So you, how was that time for you? Like, were you feeling really discouraged and that's why you wanted to start the blog or like what made you start making content and like doing the blog? Yeah. So I think that coming off of like an ACL tear and also moving to a new city and like moving back in with my parents' house and my parents' house after having this like big college experience for me, it was almost a point of rediscovery of like, okay, who I am, who am I in this new adult-ish version of myself? Well, back into the dynamics that I had with my family and sort of like what I grew up with. Right. So I started reading a lot of personal development at the time and I just had so much to share. And so I felt like I should just start writing about it and I should start creating TikToks about it to see how other people resonated with the difficult changes that happen in your 20s. So that's sort of how it all started. Love. Was it scary for you to start putting that out there? Like, I know you talk about the fear of being cringe too. Like, did you feel that from the beginning or when did that start? How did you navigate through that? Yeah, I think that at the beginning, it's a little, it was a little scary just because not everyone is on TikTok or not everyone really understood TikTok. At the beginning of 2020, it was seen as definitely like a kid's app. It wasn't as accepted as it is now. So I really just pushed myself through it. And I think that also reading the personal development books, they touched on a lot of these topics about what it means to go out there and be seen. And so, yeah, I think I just really sort of pushed myself through it. And 
also, um, I did, I was listening to like a lot of motivational podcasts and like people who would put themselves out there on social media as well. And that's how I found them. And I looked up to them. So I think that encouraged me as well. Love. Okay. So when did speaking get into the picture then? And that's like what you're most excited about, right? Like with your family, that's what you feel most aligned with. Yeah, definitely. I think everything under the mission of helping people take up space in their career, whether that is, you know, like giving someone a cold pitch on LinkedIn or going after a job they're really excited for or putting themselves out there on social media to pave a way for themselves, that it might be a little bit unconventional. So I think that comes through speaking, but it also comes through content creation and coaching. So everything that sort of falls under that umbrella. Got it. Okay. So how did you come to that purpose? Because I know ever since your blog, essentially, that was like your thing. And from an outside perspective, it was like, whoa, you kind of like knew that that's your thing, like from the start. And so yeah, a lot of people struggle with that, finding their purpose. So how did that come about for you? Yeah. So when I was in that unemployment phase six for six months after leaving my last job and before starting my new one, I was thinking about what job I would have if it, if I can do anything. And I kept thinking about being a tour guide. And I, and when I was a tour guide, I used to tell people like, I don't think I'm ever going to get a job that's more fun than this. Aww. And like the groups of people. And I kept reverting back to it. So I naturally pivoted into like a sales role because I just like talking to people and all forms of communications was always very important to me, but it wasn't really until I did a, I did a meditation where it was like, you go and meet your past self and your inner child and you play with them on the playground and you see what they like to do. And I remembered all these times I was performing, I was ice skating, I was cheerleading, I was doing things like that. And I was helping people. So when I brought those components together and I created sort of a Venn diagram of helping people, communications and everything, it sort of just all came to this one point of speaking and creating and writing and and figuring out how I can do how I can help with what I know and what I've learned through those mediums. Uh, I love that. D- was the meditation on YouTube? Like, do you have a link? <laughs> um, I don't have a link. It was actually a course. It was through a course. I'll have to find it. Okay. Okay. But just in general, meditations, especially guided ones and like the inner yeah. child ones can really... Is it- so much of spirituality, it talks about how like all of our answers are within. And like when you're a yeah. kid there's not really, there's no pressure as a kid. Like you can just play and like do what you're good at and what you really enjoy. And so kind of channeling back to your inner child of like what you really resonated with. It's still with you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is that I didn't remember this dream for a really, really long time because it was almost like it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't seen in the environment that I was in, in college. And it wasn't really seen. I don't see anyone that's like a professional speaker. Like that wasn't something that I just saw a lot um, until I was on TikTok and I started seeing people who were able to do it. So I think that was another thing because I got more rep, there was more representation around it. But there, it was almost a dream that I rediscovered through that meditation, but I had forgotten about it for a long time until the months leading up to finding my new job in 2020. And when I started following that path, a lot of abundance came. 
Wow. It's like your dreams stay inside of you, but they never really leave. So even if you decide to go a different path at the time, like it kind of almost like redirects you back to like where you're meant to be. That's kind of how I feel outside looking in with your layoff right now. I'm like, okay, so now you have to focus more on like speaking and coaching and all these things. I'm like, this is like literally what you're meant to do. So like, I love that for you because it's almost like creating the space for you to do that. No, that's exactly how I sort of saw it too. And it's funny because after I, when I posted about it on LinkedIn, because, you know, I sort of let my network know I'm not like working here anymore so that I could, they could better direct um, what they need to like other people. Cause I, I wouldn't really want to be able to help them. A lot of people reached out to me and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so excited with what you do in this realm now. And other people being like, well, it was only a matter of time. So <laughs> I'm like, it really wasn't my, it really wasn't my decision, but yeah, it's also interesting because as I'm ushered into this new phase of my life, I'm just been surrounded by so many amazing people here in New York and so many amazing opportunities that it's just that sometimes when I was working on my, my passion project, like speaking and creating and my mission and helping people and doing my nine to five, I was staying up so late. Like there's not enough time in the day for me almost. And now I have all this time to work on it, which is amazing. I love that. How has the transition been for you? Yeah. So I will say that when you are, I've never been laid off before because I was a top performer over there and it impacted the whole sales team too. So when you're working in like just seeing if you go online right now, when you look at all the tech layoffs happening, it always impacts the sales teams first, sales teams first and marketing budgets. So I worked at a tech startup. And so my wholesale, the whole sales team got let go. And then a couple of people from a couple of different departments. So it was interesting because there really isn't anything you could have done to have that not happen. Yeah. So I remember I was on LinkedIn and I saw one sales rep, he hit 256% of his quota. And then what? the next day he got let go. So Damn. yeah, so it's sales is always a risky job because I, I, well, I feel like any job is a risky job because you aren't always the determining factor of how long you stay. But sales is a risky job because it depends on like quota and also economic conditions. But I think overall, over the first couple of weeks, it was difficult, like adjusting to having all this time and also closing that chapter of my life and ushering in the new and being okay with it. But I think since then, I've, I've been good. Honestly, I've been very happy. I'm very happy. Love. <laughs> so I'm very happy. I feel like more creative than I've ever been. I'm surrounded by really good people. And I'm, yeah, I can say that I'm very happy and excited. Good. It's another example of rejection being redirection. Yeah. What would you say? Okay. Like if somebody is feeling stuck in their career or with where they are now, like what would you want them to know if someone was stuck right now like if they were like this isn't really where I want to be very similar to your first job during the pandemic before that six month unemployment they're like this isn't like where I see myself in the future but I feel like I need to be here right now like I'm paying bills like I can't just like quit and like yeah do what I want maybe I don't even know what I want 
to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would ask them, well, I first have them be, wait, did you say that they don't know what they want to do just yet? I would say maybe like one person has kind of an idea and then the other person like has no idea. Okay. For the person that kind of has an idea, I would ask them, what's the first logical next step that you can take? So if you kind of have an idea, like let's say that you want to do film and you want to do start producing, but you're in a corporate job. Okay. Can you make little cinematic edits on TikTok Mm. and start posting them? Does that make sense for you? Mm -hmm. Is that a small step you can take in that direction? Is there a way you can put out social media? Is there someone you can connect to on LinkedIn to ask them about their career journey? What's that small next step that's sort of low effort or like low stakes next step that you can take towards that goal? And if you don't know at all, who do you envy? <laughs> who Ooh. do you see around you? Or who do you see on social media? And you're like, I wish I had that life. And write out what about their life that you wish they had. Find a couple different people that you envy actually and see what overlaps. If you follow your jealousy, you're going to figure out what you truly want. That's so good. That's so good. Cause I think at least for me before I'd be like, I hate the feeling of jealousy. Like it makes me feel icky, but like actually jealousy is good. Cause it tells you what you want. Yeah. I would also say like, notice your triggers because triggers are helping point to an area or aspect of you that needs healing or needs to be highlighted in some sense, explore those triggers. Mm -hmm. So if you're seeing someone, I don't know, on the big screen and you're jealous of this actress, what about this actress? Are you jealous about? Is it the fact that they're on their big screen? Like what, what is it? And really get to the root of that. And I think you might figure out exactly what you want to do through that. Oh, wow. That's good. That's gold right there. <laughs> I love That's that. That's what I would tell myself because <laughs> I've been there. I've definitely been yeah. there. Yeah. No, that's exactly why I wanted to ask you this question too. Cause I know just in general, so many people are also in the same boat. I think that's such a universal experience that so many people go through at different times in their life and they don't know how to navigate it. So I love that. What are you most excited about in your future? Um, immediately right now, I'm really excited for the community that's growing fellow folks who are living out their wildest dreams and and going after their goals and and working towards that together. And I'm really also excited for some of the events that I'm going to be hosting in New York. And I started hosting some speaking engagements. I started speaking at some engagements recently for the last couple of weeks, which has been so much fun. And I'm doing a couple more in the summer. So I'm really excited for those. I am also just excited just to sort of not know what's happening next, but also know what's happening next. Yeah. Um, I think that it's just a very uncertain time. So I'm excited for the opportunity that's come my way and continue expanding in this sense. I love that mindset because for me, sometimes it's so easy to be like, okay, I don't know what's coming next. And that's scary. I'm out of control. And that freaks me out. But like, I love that you're very trusting in like, okay, you have a good foundation of like where you want to go, what you're doing. And that's exciting. Like it should be exciting to be surprised by life unfolding. Yeah. And honestly, I think about where I am today as opposed to last week and amazing things have happened just within a week. And I feel like every week brings about a new adventure and it's been this way almost since October. 
whether it's new people or new opportunities, or I'm doing something new every week is bringing about a new adventure. And I've just come to expect it at this point. And I'm so, so, so excited. I love that for you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what do you think has brought that up? Like, do you think it's you taking certain actions or like having a certain mindset or like, I think I really like created the momentum for myself and it wasn't the mindset behind it. So one of the things I did is that I really made a big commitment to networking at the end of last year and just shooting my shot. And when you meet people, they introduce you to people and then they introduce you to people and then they remember you do this and opportunities just start coming to you. So it's almost expanding your surface area for luck. I saw that quote on LinkedIn actually the other week. So I feel like I've almost expanded my social, my surface area for luck and then things just start blowing in. Love. Okay. That reminds me of a chapter in the defining decade, which is an amazing book. I know you've read it too. It's about, it's a book for 20 somethings. And it talks about how like your twenties are the defining decade because it sets you up for the foundation of the rest of your life. And there's this one chapter on weak ties. So like surface area friends or the term surface expanding your surface area for luck. Okay. Yeah. Surface area for luck. And it's that not like your closest friends. Like obviously if you had really close friends and they had a connection, you would already be connected, but it's the like more outer circle, like the people that you're, your surface area friends, acquaintances, essentially that can really help you be connected and acquainted to other people. So did you expand your network by LinkedIn or like, how did you do that? Yeah, I literally did. So I was posting on LinkedIn. And so I joined LinkedIn for creators, which is a creator program for LinkedIn. And so they had meetups at like the Empire State Building. And I went there and I met all these amazing people. And it led to opportunities to speak at like the New York City Department of Education for one. And then it led to other opportunities to go to more creator dinners and like network with other people in the city. I remember one of my other close friends who, who's now one of my closest friends here in the city. <laughs> I have a shameless mindset when it comes to LinkedIn, just because I use LinkedIn for sales a lot. So yeah. we would just cold pitch people all day. So one time when I was at the Empire State Building, I posted a picture of myself at LinkedIn on LinkedIn. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. Cause I'd never been that high up at the Empire State Building before. And then I was looking through who liked the photo because I was looking to, you know, network with people. That's the premise of the platform. And I found this girl who, um, this, who was, had liked the photo and her background looked really interesting. And I just went ahead and DM'd her. And then we met up for coffee. And then she was telling me a little bit about what she was working on. And then we're now very, very good friends. And we go to events together all the time. Ah, love. (laughs) And okay. Yeah. Just like relationships in your creative and professional life is so helpful too. And just makes it a lot more fun as well. I amazing. Love that story. Is there anything else that you want to discuss before we wrap things up? Um, no, I don't think, I think we hit up pretty, pretty much everything. I also will say, shameless plug, I'm excited because I am launching a whole LinkedIn playbook around how to like optimize your profile and reach out to people and sort of expand your surface area for luck and opportunity. Yes. Love. And I I just got really excited for a second. I didn't mean to interrupt because I know that there's you're like so passionate about like speaking about LinkedIn because there's so many different avenues that it can take that you wouldn't think. 
So yeah. I don't, can you share a little bit more about that? Cause I think a lot of people are just like LinkedIn's for my resume <laughs> essentially, Yeah, but there's yeah. so much more. I think LinkedIn is the professional cheat sheet, to be honest. I feel like it's the best way to sort of skip the skip a line if you're willing to commit to it. I've had I've been able to help friends get features in like Business Insider and other large publications just from being on LinkedIn and seeing the postings about it. So if you're willing to put yourself out there to build your personal and professional brand, opportunities will flow to you. So if you are an entrepreneur yourself and you are looking for, I don't know, let's say you're looking for funding or you're looking to raise a round. If you keep posting about the entrepreneurship journey and what it's like to build your business, there are investors who are on LinkedIn who might reach out to you or like you have an expanded presence where someone might make an intro to you if you're doing prospecting on LinkedIn. So it's a great way to, you know, have have your voice heard, especially since I think only about 1% of people on LinkedIn actually post that the rest of the 99% are either lurkers or just like and comment on posts. So it really is a great way to cut the line, have your voice heard and expand your presence. And the reach on LinkedIn, I would almost say rivals that of TikTok. The Whoa. reach can be amazing. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Especially I could see, especially if like less than 1% of people are posting. It's like you're, if you're posting, they're going to see your posts a lot more because it's not as saturated. So you would say like even posts, like if someone's posting about their business on TikTok, like just post it also on LinkedIn. Like it's just like more exposure, same amount of effort. And yeah, absolutely. Just post about it on LinkedIn and just write like an actual person. I hate, I really don't enjoy those LinkedIn posts where it's those, you know, those, those memes where it goes around about this is how people post on LinkedIn. I, I honestly, I don't like those kinds of posts, but if you post like an actual person, and you're going to form real meaningful connections that will accelerate your career. Yeah, like just post like yourself as if it was another social platform. Like don't try to be like a professional robot essentially. Yeah, I would still definitely say like have the professional aspect of it, but have your unique voice. I think it can be difficult to figure out what your voice looks like in writing, but write as you would speak and be clear on like what you want to say and who you want to serve. But just putting yourself out there and showing people what you are doing will attract opportunity. Amazing. There we go. With the amazing tips. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So amazing to have you. I learned so much. So I know that other, the listeners, the lovers will as well. Can you tell us where to find you? Your website, you got your LinkedIn playbook coming up. Get (laughs) on that. I know I will be getting on that. Yeah. Tell us where we can find you. Yes. So you can find me on TikTok, Instagram and LinkedIn. It's at Jolene just for the Instagram and TikTok. That's J-H-L-E-A-N-E. And then um, the website's just www.jolene.com. And yeah. Amazing. Okay. I'll put that all in the show notes as well. So it'll be super easy. This was so amazing. I hope in the future to have you on again, because I know that your journey is just going to be elevated. And so people are going to want to follow along, but you'll also have your socials as well. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. It was so much fun. I love talking to you always. Love you.
Thank you so much for listening to Feelings State of Mind. Any and all feedback is welcome. Feel free to email me at feelings.stateofmind at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at feelings.stateofmind. While you're at it, follow the pod on Instagram. If you enjoyed the episode, share this episode on your socials or with someone who you think would benefit from listening to the episode. If you'd like to donate to support the pod, you can click on the link at the bottom of the show description. If you're loving Feeling State of Mind podcast, please rate, review, and click the follow button wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for all your support, lovers, and remember, it's cool to feel.